Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Thank you, Pastor Steve and Pastor Nicole, for having me with you today. It is an absolute privilege to be at Queen's Beach again. I love how across our five locations, there is a feeling of at home, that no matter what location you are in, that there's this beautiful unity that flows through our locations. And tonight, as Eden said, we are speaking about holding on to hope. And who here likes to wait? Because I know myself, I'm a pretty impatient person. My wonderful husband knows that about me and is so gracious in that space. And I want to wait the shortest time, no matter where I'm at, whether it's at the grocery store, my favourite coffee spot when you're waiting for a coffee. And I've been a barista. Like, I know how long it takes to make a coffee, but I still want it to be the shortest wait time possible. When I even make coffee at home, watching my machine heat up, the coffee machine has to heat up to 93 degrees. I can't stand there and wait for it. I can't make it faster, but I've always got to put it on and run and do something else so that I'm more efficient in that time because I do not like waiting. Or who knows, that delicious, familiar smell of microwave popcorn. Just think of that right now as you hear the popcorn kernels popping in the microwave. Two minutes and ten seconds, most important. Two minutes and ten seconds every single time for the perfect amount of popped popcorn with minimal kernels left in the bottom of the bag. (laughs) But sometimes we have to wait. We have to wait in this tension space that is a bit more serious. Maybe you've had a job interview and you're waiting on the reply. Maybe you've applied for a job and you're waiting for the job interview. Or you're waiting for a response on a sale of a house, on renting a house, or an important message from your friends and family. Maybe waiting for that certain someone in your house to unload the dishwasher, or put the washing away because you've been staring at it for far too long. We are people who are in this microwave culture, this quick fix culture, where we want things instantly, and at least for myself anyway, as I've said, I do not want to be patient, I do not want to wait. But the thing about waiting is that when you're in a moment of waiting, it can be challenging to see past the waiting. It can be challenging to see the hope in the waiting of something coming to pass. We can get so caught up in the reality and the uncertainty, the impatience and the confusion that we begin to doubt and we begin to lose hope. And Proverbs speaks of hope deferred makes the heart sick. And for hope to be deferred, it means to put off or to wait. It is deferred, it's not now. (coughs) Sorry. So it is so true. The waiting season makes us feel hopeless. It gives us a sense of frustration. And maybe even in that waiting moment in your life, you're starting to question who God is and why, the why of the waiting. But we are called to wait. We are called to wait on God and we are called to wait with God. And when I was about 10 years old, my family immigrated from South Africa to Australia. And during the first couple of years of being in Perth, I had many of doctor's visits, many missed days of schools, too tired and too sick to really do anything. I felt pain increase in through my body and my health started to rapidly deteriorate. Over the next seven years, until I was about 17, over these many doctor's trips and specialist appointments, I was diagnosed with over 17 different immune deficiencies. 
deficiencies and disorders, including chronic fatigue, arthritis, lactose binding lectin deficiency, whatever the heck that was. And this really messed with my identity as a young girl, that I became the girl who was too sick. When I did go to school on the rare occasion, they'd be like, oh, who's that? Oh, that's the sick girl. It became my identity. I was too sick to build relationships. It, this resulted in darkness of depression, of anxiety, and of isolation. This time of waiting, resulted in crushed dreams of having to leave school early, of not seeing how to get into uni, of the unknown, the waiting in the unknown. And I had grown up in a Christian family. I knew who God was, but it was in this waiting that I got to wrestle with God, with questions of why me? And God, if you're good, why the heck is this happening to my body? Why can't I get out of bed today? Why am I only awake for two hours in a day? I don't understand. Why is this causing my family drama? Why is it charging my family all this financial burden as we've just moved to Australia? I knew there had to be something better. I knew in my spirit, this Holy Spirit impression, that I had to hold on to hope. And hope is more than just wishing. Biblical hope is introduced in the Old Testament in the Hebrew words of, please forgive me if I say this wrong, yakal, which means to wait for, and kuvah, which means to wait. And the origin of the word kuvah is a cord. So kuvah is defined as a waiting that holds tension and expectation. And then in the New Testament, we see the Greek word for hope, which is used as elpis. Expectation and trust, it's a confidence in what is guaranteed and the living hope of the New Testament of Jesus. And I love how biblical hope is not seasonal. It's not just a Christmas Day greeting on a card and it's not a decoration that we have hung on our tree or a word upon the fireplace. But biblical hope is robust. It is applicable to every season of our life that we can hold on to this biblical hope. And during this season, I knew, I knew that I needed to hold on to Jesus, the living hope. I had to wait on God. But the question was how? How could I see past this darkest valley? What did that look like? Holding on to hope looked like rocking up when I didn't feel like it. Rocking up to church on the days that I was well enough to get out of bed and surrounding myself with people who spoke life who spoke the promises of God over me, of asking for prayer, of humbling myself when I wanted to wear this mask, when I wanted to put on that everything's okay, even though it's so greatly not, and come down and ask for prayer, ask for healing for God, and being in that space where I've received prayer and nothing happened. And the disappointment of that and processing that and going, God, how can I hold on to hope if you haven't answered this prayer? How, how on earth can you be a good God if I'm still in pain? But it looked like pressing in despite, that holding on to hope was worship. Holding on to hope was lying on my bed with tears streaming down my face, sometimes feeling empty and numb and not knowing what to say, but knowing that God was catching my tears. And there was words of hope being instilled in me in those moments by the power of his Holy Spirit. And those tears represented my heart. Those tears represented the heaviness. 
holding on to hope, looked like finding scriptures and declaring scriptures over my life. Scriptures like Matthew 11, 28 to 30. This is Jesus speaking. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest, holding on to the hope that he who is faithful has promised us rest and will provide us with rest. Isaiah 40 verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. I to hold on to the hope that the promise of when we hope in the Lord, He alone will renew our strength. Proverbs 3, 5-6 Trust in the Lord with all your heart. All your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on the understanding of the doctors, of the reality around you. But in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Holding on to hope is holding on to the character of God, that he is trustworthy. That in the waiting I need to not rely on myself, but I need to hold on to Christ. To not deny reality, to not be strangled by reality in those moments, but rather to rely on a loving Father, the warm embrace of his unconditional love. When we hold on to hope in our suffering space, when we see our suffering space as an opportunity to rejoice, an opportunity to be grateful, we are not holding on to a feeling because our faith, our hope is more than a feeling, but we are taking hold of Jesus and the freedom that he has purchased for us. We are choosing to wait on God, not because we have to, not because we focused on circumstance, not overwhelmed by circumstance, but we are choosing to wait on God for who he is, for his faithful promises for us, knowing that there's this trust in the sweet assurance, the sweet knowing that God is in control of our future, he's in control of our yesterday, and he's in control of today, and he's restoring hope. Some of you here tonight, I just believe that, that that's a prophetic word for you, that he is restoring hope in your life. He's providing hope where it has been lacking. And our God is faithful. And I love this quote from the Bible Project. It's God's past faithfulness that gives us hope for the future. It is God's past faithfulness that gives us hope for the future. It's the faithfulness of God in our own lives, his faithfulness in the community that surrounds us, his faithfulness in his word and his character, his nature, which is providing that hope. And in the waiting of my darkest days, there was this fire of hope, as I said before, impressed by Holy Spirit, to believe for and to declare healing. A promise of healing that the God of hope was going to bring hope to others through my story. That was the light. And in 2017, in a moment of prayer, surrounded by a discipleship community, I was completely healed. No turning back. All pain was gone. All immunity was restored. My blood markers were changed. My legs grew to the same length. My spine was straightened. There was an abundance of life, an abundance of health restored. All glory to God. Hope was ignited.
and the faithfulness of God was undeniable and it was tangible. I became a witness to those around me, those there in the moment who didn't know God. So this afternoon I want to challenge you where you need your hope to be restored. In what situation can you not see the end of? Where do you need to see Christ again? In what area do you need your healing? Physical, emotional, spiritual? Wait on him and hold on to hope. And as I finish this afternoon, I'd love for you to close your eyes. There's a beautiful psalm in David of David that I'd love to prophetically pray over you. But before I do, I've just got this prophetic image for you, Lotta and George. The words of he's not done yet. That where you think he's been done in your circumstance or situation, he is not done yet. So Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are not done yet in them. Lord, that there is a new day, that there is a greater harvest, that there is a greater blessing for them, God. In Jesus' name. Psalm 62, verse 5 to 8. Position yourself before Christ tonight as I pray this over you. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honour depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Holy Spirit, would you deposit a fresh ignition of hope in every heart that is here, Lord, that we would know how to hold on to hope, that we would know how to hold on to you. Restore, transform, renew by the power of your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Daniel. Thank you. Amen. Lauren, that was so beautiful. Thank you for sharing your testimony with us. All glory to God. That's just amazing. I love that. So I'm honoured to be here today, sharing with you. It's my first time up here. I used to go to Clarkson High School, and I actually wasn't a Christian then. And so being here has made me feel really joyful for my salvation and that hope in God because it's brought me back to where I didn't know God. And um, I used to drive past this building all the time. So it's an honour to be here knowing God and having all my hope in Him today. So thank you for having me. So um, I'm, yeah, I am I'm one of the pastors at C3 Hepburn Heights and I'm wife to Ryan, nearly 17 years. And we have five children. Yeah, five. I don't know many people with five, <laughs> but it's true. Um, and when I was praying into this message today, I just really felt like God wanted to renew hope in people, which is so similar to what the beautiful Lauren was just saying. Um, and the scripture God gave me was Romans 12, 12. And it says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Now, this is beautiful because God's given us three really clear instructions, but they don't seem to go together to me. <laughs> so joyful in hope. Okay, everyone likes a bit of joy. 
Um, but patient in affliction, that sounds painful. But the thing is, that's life, right? There's, there's affliction and things come against us, but it's the next bit, faithful in prayer. Despite the affliction, despite what life throws at us, it's that last bit, faithful in prayer. And then we can be joyful in our hope because God gives us hope. And I'm not just talking about a joy that's like being at a party and having fun, but I'm talking about a joy that is from knowing our God deeply, deeply, intimately, that connection with God where we are so safe and secure, and that's where our hope is. It's an eternal hope, right? And it says in the Passion Translation, let the hope, let hope burst forth from within you, releasing a continual joy, but don't give up in times of trouble but commune with God at all times. So how do we do this? How do we commune with God at all times? The Bible actually says we need to be praying as often as a baby needs mother's milk, right? So that's like three hourly. That's not 10 minutes in the morning. That's saying we need God all day, every day. Trust me, I know I've had five kids. They need a lot of milk. But the Bible says that is how much we need God. We need to be communing with God all day so that we've got the strength not to give up when things get tough. So practically, let's talk about this, right? Let me take you back two years and tell you a little bit about my story. Um, so we had four kids, life was going good, and we felt like we were living God's plan. We were doing pretty all right, you know. We nearly had four at school, um, and God was being so good and faithful, and we felt like we were on God's path. Yeah. And we had hope. We were excited. We had joy. We had that overflowing joy um, that that scripture talks about. And we were relying on God for everything. But then, as God does, has anyone ever had a curveball thrown their way in life that's changed your life forever? I think most people have. We found out we were having a fifth baby. Now, this was not our plan. I'm not totally sure how it was God's plan. Now I can see the goodness of God in it. But at the time, it actually crushed me. And it took away all my hope. It took away all my joy. And I really struggled. And the only thing that kept me was that I knew my God. And I had built a prayer life where I could commune with God all day. And I needed him more than ever because I was suffering from grief, um, loss of the life that I had planned, that we had planned. Um, there was a lot of fear. Fear took hold of me and hope and joy really was gone. I didn't feel it. Um, and the scripture says, you know, we are going to be joyful in hope. But I couldn't feel any joy. Um, it was really hard. But who knows that nothing is impossible for God, right? So I had to come to a place before my father and sit at his feet and declare that hope and joyful mother promise that he had given me over myself again and again and again, not just once a day in the morning. This was like a continual all-day thing. Um, and I really believe for some people here today, God wants to renew that hope that you've lost. Hope in situations where you've stopped bringing it to God or some situations where you've actually never brought it to God. God actually wants to highlight in you things today that he wants you to hold before him and let him renew your hope. Things that you might need to seek God for every three hours throughout the day. But God wants you to bring it before him because he is your loving father. And he has so got you despite the circumstances. In every situation, God wants us to have joy. 
joy. He doesn't want us to just survive. God isn't a God of survival. God is a God of joy, overflowing joy, life to the full. That is what God promises. So where have you stopped relying on God for that promise? What promises has God given you and you've kind of just let it go because life's got too hard? I could have just decided, do you know what? I'm just going to be an average mum. I'll just survive. Oh, you know, it'll be all right. But no, God said, I will be a joyful mother. And I declared that every day until I felt it. And do you know what? It took me about two years. There was not much joy. I'll be honest with you. But I did not lose hope in knowing my father and declaring his promise. And that's what he wants for you. So I'm just going to share three tips on how this can really look practical. How it did look practical in my life. But hopefully this can speak to you too. Because disappointment comes to all of us in different ways. It can be financially. It can be relationally. Sickness. Job loss. You know, broken families. God really wants to restore hope when you bring this before him. So here's my three tips. Number one, speak hope. Let's be people that speak hope in ourselves, over our own situations, but also over others. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and you leave and you just feel a bit bleh? Because people are really helpful in taking the hope out of situations, right? Um, so often I speak to people and they'll be like, oh my goodness, I could not do five kids. I don't know how you do it. And then I leave and think, oh my goodness, maybe I can't do five kids. If they can't do five kids, but God has said I can because that's my call. And whatever God has called you to, he will equip you for. It's not an accident, whatever situation you're in. It's not an accident what family you were born into or what people you come across. This is God ordained. God planned this and he will equip you, but you have to believe it. You have to declare it when you don't feel it until your your mind catches up with our mighty God because he is the God of hope, right? He will give you everything you need. So when you think, I can't do this, you need to follow up and say, but God, but God can. And you need to be people that say that to yourself, but also to everybody you talk to. Be someone that imparts faith and joy and hope to people around you. It's such a sweet sound. It's like honeycomb to people. It's beautiful. So let's be people that speak hope. Point number two, be patient. Patient in affliction, patient in suffering. Now, this is a really hard thing. Trying to teach my five kids patience, it's a really hard one. But to be honest, as an adult, it's a really hard one. <laughs> as Lauren was saying, it's not natural to be patient. But God says, be patient in suffering. And as I said before, it took me two years of declaring to feel what God wanted me to feel, which was joy and peace, but I did not give up. I fought for that by practically declaring it every single day. I had scriptures up all over the mirrors. I had worship on all the time, and it annoyed me sometimes. I didn't want it. I'll be honest, it felt annoying sometimes, but I knew it was good for me, and I knew that's what my God wanted, so I positioned myself in a place where I would grow and flourish, and I would get on the same page as God eventually. <laughs> and I did. But in that time, there was so much to learn. And sometimes when a trial comes, the things we learn between a trial and a healing is where God wants us. It's not necessarily wrong. I learned to be patient. 
I learnt to be still. I learnt that God's plans were so much greater than our plans. I learnt that my identity was not found in myself or my ability, but in my connection with my Father. And I learnt to trust God with everything I have because he is so faithful. And I also learned that every bit of strength that I needed was going to come from my Heavenly Father. And every bit of strength you need for every situation comes from your Heavenly Father. You need to put your hope in him. So what is God trying to teach you today? What's he trying to say? Ask that. In your trial, say someone actually called me out on it when I was on the couch pregnant and in a lot of pain. What's God actually trying to say to you here? What's he trying to teach you? Why has he slowed you down so much? Because I had a, a pubic dysfunction and I couldn't walk. My fifth pregnancy, how you do four kids and a pregnancy and can't walk? Goodness knows how we did it, but we did it by the grace of God. But someone said to me, what is God actually trying to teach you in this season? And instead of all the whinging and the complaining, it helped me think of my father and what he was actually trying to realign in me. And all the journaling definitely helped. <laughs> and it's okay to wrestle with God. He's tough. He loves you. Cry out to him. Sit at your father's feet, but trust him. Don't turn your back on him. So whatever you might feel ill-equipped for today, whatever you might be struggling with, put your hope back in God. Hold on to him so tight. You can't afford not to. And he wants to help you. Whatever is making you feel overwhelmed, whatever's stealing your joy, bring it before your father. Redeclare those promises. If God said to you once, you're going to be financially prosperous, pros prosperous. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't get that out. Declare it. Declare it every day. Declare it five times a day. If God says he is going to restore broken relationships, declare it. Say it. Find scriptures that back it up and put them all over your mirror and declare it because the world will happily declare what isn't of God. So you need to be speaking what is of God over that. So declare it, declare it, declare it. And it might take you a while to catch up, but you will because that's what God wants. And my last is just keep showing up in prayer, in person, and in action. God isn't saying to just sit and not do anything to see our miracles happen. He wants us to work, but as we work, he will work. He wants to bless us. He wants to be in community with you. He wants you to be joyful. You're not asking God for things that he doesn't want to give. He wants to pour this out upon you. So ask your father. He is so faithful. And to be honest now, I wouldn't change a thing. And I wish I'd have known God's plans because I would have planned this. Because <laughs> the joy that I get to experience now is so much greater than anything I could have imagined. I am a joyful mother. And Primrose may not have been in my plan, but goodness me, she was in God's plan. And my heart couldn't be more grateful. But that was God's plan. And I'm so glad that I sat in God's presence and aligned myself with his plan. And with every bit of energy I had in that pregnancy, I got to church. The community of life-speaking, life-giving people around me helped me through. And sometimes you might feel like it's too much, it's too hard. But you know what? That's when you need it the most. You need this community to lift you up and cheer you on because sometimes you might not have the energy to. But that's why God positions us in church community. And it's just so beautiful. Um, 
So let me just finish with this. God is the source of all we need. Daily, multiple times, with His loving word and refreshing presence, whatever we are struggling with begins to fade away and is replaced by God's love, joy, peace, and hope. So go to your source, Jesus Christ, your Savior, who loves you and wants to commune with you. Be renewed in His love and grace and let hope rise in you again. I hope you've been encouraged and challenged and just remember to bring your needs before God and hold on to Him for hope. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.